0: Indeed, episode number sixty-four, Razzball Fantasy Basketball Podcast Sun Edition. I am humbled and honored to bring on Eric Meter, writer at Razzball, does the midweek guidance um, over across the pond, doing spy shit, gonna be a senator soon, all that good stuff. Anyways, yo, Eric, what's going on, my man?
1: Hey, what's up, man? I always look forward to this. Thank you.
0: No, this is awesome, man. It's been a, it's been a few. Uh, what you said, two years? It's been, has it been two years?
1: Well, we did one last year. Last year, Sorry. right. I, yeah. was, I was alluding to repeating myself about my uh, fantasy origins all right, for cool. anybody yeah. who was listening or cares from two years ago. Yeah,
0: dude, honestly, I have no conception of time anymore. One year, two years, one day, <laughs> it's like all the same shit. So, yeah, man, you know, I wanted to, you know, bring all you guys on, give you guys a platform. Um, I'm always interested to hear, you know, I, I think like your midweek guidance piece is one of the better, uh, that and the buy and sell piece, one of the more actionable, you know, pieces out there. Uh, so I think it's a really good piece. I'm glad that, you know, you're writing it. Um, and yeah, you know, just to kind of get into the uh, the evil mind of Eric Meter, see how how his mind ticks and things like that. So we're going to get into that. But before that, um, since it's episode 64, there's only been one player in the history of the league to wear 64. Terry Dishinger, of Baltimore, 1962 to 1972. Career 13.8 points per game, shooting 50% from the field. Not bad. 5.6 rebounds, 1.6 uh, eight career assists per game. He's so freaking old that they didn't even count stats, steals, and blocks back
2: then, <laughs> so we don't
0: even have those numbers. So, um, 64 points been scored three times: Rick Barry, Elgin Baylor, uh, Jordan, and uh, no Wilt, which is crazy because every other number is like Wilt times 10, Wilt times 5, Wilt times 4. So it's crazy. So all right, we got that out of the way. Um, yeah, man, let's just uh, you know get get into your Get into your dome a little bit you know like um i guess the genesis of you know i guess people have, you know i mean there's a bunch of lazy fucks on there, so they're probably not going to go back to their but the other pod but you know the genesis of fantasy uh, you know how you wanted to get into the writing the midweek guidance all that stuff so man yo go
1: platform is all yours can i just add yeah. first of all that, that- Michael Jordan scored those 63 in a playoff game against, I think the 86 Celtics. Okay. Was that right? Coming off a broken leg. <laughs> I think, I think All right. quick, quick memory here. Um, second of all, you blew my cover. So my, <laughs> so I write under the pen name PB, but now everybody knows who PB is. So I can, I can't hide it. I can't hide anymore. Here I am.
2: <laughs>
1: but no, man, it's awesome to be on here as always. Um, Yeah, man. Whenever I start to feel guilty about repeating myself on here, I think back to the fact that there's podcasters that repeat themselves literally every day and say the same stuff. So um, I think I'm okay. once a year (laughs) coming on here. Um, But yeah, man. So, oh, man, the origins. So I started playing fantasy hoops in, I think, 2001. It was back in the pen and paper days where you're checking the box score. I think I was, I'm dating myself, but I think I was like 12 or 13. So I was playing with a bunch of middle school buddies nice. at that time. And I would love, I just wish I'd like salvaged like whatever my team roster was at the yeah. end of the season. That would have been pretty, that pretty amazing be, yeah, to, to look back on. It was probably full of uh, things that I would poke holes in now, but um, <laughs> yeah, so that was then since then, it's all, I'd probably play, I probably stopped playing for a few years and started picking it up again in college. So I've been playing probably 15 years straight, uh, nine category. 12 team head to head. That's my format choice. Points leagues are too bland for me. Sorry, points leaguers. But, uh, and I'm too, I'm too afraid of commitment for uh keeper <laughs> leagues. So, <laughs> but I like, I like building the, building the team. All right. You gotta go in with a build and I'll touch on sort of my, my principles, yeah. uh, in a bit, but you gotta go in with a, a concept of what you t- your team's going to be. And every move you make has benefits or drawbacks. So like it's going to benefit this category or these three categories, but you're going to lose these three categories potentially as a result of whatever said move you make. Um, So I like that. It's, it's, you know, more cerebral format, I think.
0: How are you? uh, um, Sorry. Sorry to interject here. How are you? Go ahead. How are you approaching Um, When do you identify? How many categories do you go?
1: Yeah. 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 I think six to seven winnable categories, if you can get six categories that you feel very confident in winning week to week, that you know, that's the golden solution. Okay. Um, if seven, you've probably stumbled upon some luck at some point you know, right. in your draft or during the season. Um, six is, is, I think, realistic coming out of a draft to have a team that can do that. I'm not a big punt build guy, but that being said, there's, it's, all, it's virtually impossible not to punt something right so you kind of have to acknowledge that um i do talk about this in terms of like draft strategies and such but you just kind of have to acknowledge that turnovers are are not a thing you know you just kind of have to get over that right away and i'm 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 a reformed uh (laughs) turnover reformed turnover overvaluer there was a time where i would have been like you know i'm trying to think of a, a an example in that day but you know, give me Otto Porter over, right, right, you right. know, whatever top 20 guy because he's there in the rankings. You know, yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been that guy. I've made all the mistakes. Yeah. So, like I said, about 15 years in the making uh, where I'm at now. And hopefully, that's how we get better, man. You know, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you look back, you can't believe how stupid you were. And then you take for granted what you, the knowledge you've accumulated. Um, and you, you think, oh, everybody knows this. But then you kind of get out there. and You're like, no, there's you know, there's people learning just like I had to. Yeah. So that, that's sort of the, that kind of helps me segue into the midweek guidance thing. So yeah. inspiration for it was like, I was just getting hit up by my buddies, um, sometimes unsolicited hitting them up, like with, with some guidance, wisdom at the end of the week in our league, you know, and just be like, Hey dude, like if you make this move or that move, you, you may win this matchup after all, or, you know, you're or you'll hold on to the matchup. And it was 99% of the time appreciated, you know, and, yeah. and followed up on. So, you know, and I spent a good, it's a, it's a hobby for me. Right. So I, I spent a good amount of time on it. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, I like to write. I like fancy hoops. I like Razzball. I see son doing call outs for writers, let, let me jump on board and see if he likes Word. what I have. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Love it, man. And so love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gave me a shot and, and that was first, uh, Takes were pretty raw because I was like trying (laughs) to figure out what, where do I fit? Yeah, yeah. what kind of format helps people? Yeah, and it just came down to really having to strip it down because for a while I was trying to like get real, real specific. Like, if you have this build or if you're like up 6'3 with these categories, then pick these players. I just had to strip all that down, just be like, look, here's the format is now, as you guys know. Here are some players, here's what they're good at, they're available. And my euphemism for, or widely available is just a euphemism for basically 50% or more of Yahoo leagues that are out there. Um, so that's what I mean by that. ESPN, I don't really use because there's too many dormant leagues in there. Right, right, Sorry, right. ESPN. But, uh, <laughs> they, they, suck. they suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't get me started on that. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I mean by widely available. So you know, these guys are out there, and here's when they play. So a lot of it's schedule based, which you do a lot of good work on schedules. Uh, schedule grids and pace rankings and such. That's really helpful, those overlapping um, data points. So just taking all that and rolling it up and trying to help people. Um, yeah, I focus a lot on schedules. So if if dudes are playing three games, I always do this. Here's the schedule notes section. Here's the teams that play three times in case you, all, you didn't already know. So I'm going to probably overvalue a guy that plays three times. Um, he's going to take precedence over – a dude that has one more game, even if that one game guy is better, you know, long-term because my approach to this column is not, Oh, these are guys we're going to hold on long-term. If, if there are guys like that, like a Daniel Gafford last couple of weeks, I will say that like he should be on a roster, right? Mark Williams, he should be on a roster. Um, But, but that's that's not always the case. And again, you can't take that for granted. So I throw those guys out there. Like these guys are available in 55% of leagues. What's going on? Um, So I'll point those out. But uh, yeah, I mean that's you know it's kind of that sixty percent of the time works every time sort of thing where <laughs> and, uh... you you get you, you hit some homers and then and then some weeks like this week the trade deadline bonanza was just like yeah looking back like Taylor Horton Tucker Devonte Graham Dennis Smith Jr. all these guys that thrived over the weekend in these vacuums I'm like man I missed it's I missed great. on those so you have a searing regret until it's... the next time the process starts again.
0: <laughs> yeah no like. Uh... I mean, you just don't know, man. You just know that. Like the Devonte Graham one, that one really shocked me. Like he was completely yeah. off my radar. like right. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, yeah. you know, the tail and horn tucker, I could kind of, yeah, I could kind of see it, right? And Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just never know, man. So, um, yeah, it's impossible to, to bat 100%. Uh, So, yeah, man, just go shoot. I want to ask you a question, though. Um, yeah. You know, so your midweek guidance, so you like to focus on when you kind of, like, uh the back end of the schedule and then you kind of get a feel of you know where your teams are at and things like that do you ever look at the schedule before the start of the week and then make ads then you know like if a you know, player has like four games what if i get you know three games or you always wait to the end to the or the middle to the end you're making my
1: you're going into what is it principle <laughs> oh, <okay>. number
0: four <laughs> my bad <laughs> yes
1: i'm that big of a nerd i numbered these i love um, it i love it Principle number four. Let's skip ahead, because this is actually you know, the next thing I was going to talk about. Is mm-hmm. like this is here's here's a broad brush strategy for how I right. approach fantasy basketball, and been pretty successful with it. So hopefully yeah. um, it helps somebody out there. But principle number four, to your point, Thank you. is analyze and play the schedule. All
2: right.
1: So the tools are out there. You have an awesome one that comes out at the beginning of every week. So to your question, yes, I, I look at that. I say, okay, who's got the fastest pace in the league Mm. coupled with the most amount of games, most bang for my buck. And again, you look at, you know, what what becomes really important is looking at who plays or what, which days have huge game slates. And I always talk about this in in midweek and it's like Thursdays, typically Saturdays, Sundays, even, you know, they'll have smaller slates and and, and those are the times you really want to focus on streaming guys in. But you don't necessarily want to wait until Thursday night to figure that out. You you want to be looking, like you said, Sunday evening, Monday morning, just whatever your routine is, and looking at the schedule upcoming and just saying, okay, you know, to use an example, Dennis Smith Jr. plays on Monday, but then there's Gabe Visner with a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm going to drop Dennis because he's he's my 13th man or 12th man even. I'm going to drop him. I'm going to pick up Gabe, and I'll get three games out of Gabe, and I'll drop somebody else. And, you know, your plan might – Get blown up by somebody else right there's 11 other people in a 12 team format that are that are potentially gunning for that guy so you just gotta you gotta go in with a plan yeah um but yeah man you want me to delve into the other invaluable principles here yeah (laughs) impart us
0: impart us with the wisdom man that's
1: that's what you do that's good stuff yeah dude so my first one kind of going chronologically is draft for a fast start so because fantasy hoops it's more like an NFL length season, not an NBA length season. You really can't afford to to take your time and to ease mm-hmm. into a fantasy basketball season. So, one thing that I I try to avoid is drafting injured players inside the top fifty. Do I always uphold that? Not necessarily, because sometimes you, you know a guy will slip like this year, like Shea Gilchrist Alexander wasn't necessarily injured, but he he had that sort of recent history where people were gun shy and. and I've got him in, in one league, but yeah, I, I whiffed on him elsewhere. But that turned out to be a grand slam, obviously, for yeah, a lot of folks. Definitely. But um, <clears throat> what, I've, what I've seen is, you know, a lot of guys will pick them up, stash them, and then they'll start one and four, sometimes mm-hmm. oh, and five, whatever the case may be. But it's really hard to recover from that. Um, Another thing I avoid typically that kind of goes hand in hand with this is rookies. I think we talked about this a couple of years yeah, back, just we did. You have a, a lot of good analysis on rookies historically, how they perform, and it's not very flattering for them. Um, I mean, if you think about the easing in process, that, that has to – like the massive culture shock even. Yes, they've been playing hoops all their lives, but they're coming in this professional environment. Bigger, stronger, faster, everything. So they do take tend to take time to develop, and there's anomalies out there, but they're few and far between. And they tend to kind of get overdrafted to the tune of 20, 30 picks um, for, for, from where they, you know, the good ones even from where they finish. So um, it's, it's not an absolute rule, uh, but it's, they're usually highly inflated when they're, when they're drafted or where they finish. Um, so first, first off in the you know first couple of se- weeks in the season, I should say, I would, I tend to encourage people in the column just to hold fast as much as possible and, Because you've committed to you know 13 dudes most likely and and just see where it goes. But after that, I mean, if if guys aren't performing, you know, you you need need to start streaming aggressively those spots um, where they're not and just see what works. Right.
0: Let me ask you a question. So, like the last say uh, 11 to 13 slots, are you just uh, picking up super high upside guys? You know that maybe because obviously there's going to be guys like Grayson Allen's of the world, right? Steady. They're going to get 28 to 30 minutes, and you kind of know what they're going to get. So do you get those guys or do you you know shoot for the guys there's some uncertainty right they could blow up and then you stash them and then if they don't you they just because it make it easier to drop them and then but if they hit they are going to hit hard so how yeah, how do you approach that?
1: Yes definitely option B okay. uh, go for the more high risk high reward guys at the end of the draft uh, as you said well, like I guess the Grayson Allen's of the world for instance are are likely going to be there on the wire yeah, anyway yeah. you know <laughs> right after the draft so um, you try these high upside guys out for a couple weeks. And again, if they don't hit, then you, you move on pretty quickly. And there's going to be guys out there that are like diamonds in the rough, even, even 10 days in the season that guys just other teams aren't really willing to like take a chance on just yet. So they're still on the wire you can, you can pick up those high upside guys, even off the wire uh, in return for the guy that just didn't, didn't work out. So that's, that's my approach to it. Pretty, pretty risky okay. at the end of the draft. Yep. Well,
0: will you, Will you stream the first week or no? You don't even stream the first week.
1: I try really hard not, not to, too. unless okay. something, unless the wheels have completely fallen off of an idea. Got you. I, I e, you know, dude's playing zero minutes. He's not in the rotation. Yeah. Like, move on. You know. Right. But if the guy's in the rotation and he's kind of doing what you expected in terms of getting his feet under, or maybe he's in a new uh, situation or he's a second-year player or whatever. Um, and, and kind of fitting into a new role hmm. and I try really hard. Yeah. It takes discipline and I don't always have it to, to stick in there with okay. the guy and see see where it goes. Okay. Um,
0: how, how about this scenario? Uh, say, you know, say you did a phenomenal job drafting uh, Your upside guys have kind of hit right so you like all your roster slots are locked in um, after a few weeks um, Like you are still feeling good about them, but yet, you know, maybe there's some you look at the schedule and you could, you know, you may find some advantages that you you could squeeze out a few more games. Are you are you gunning for the games there? Are you gonna, you know, stick with your your guys because you know you're feeling good about you know your roster?
1: Yeah, because because I like to win a lot of games up front and okay. just try and get the playoffs in my in my crosshairs as quick as possible. So, unless I'm just off to a flying star, if I'm six and oh, I'll probably, you know, or four and oh, even I, I might stand pat with the guys that I drafted if they're really performing highly and just see who falls off or who gets injured first because we know those things, one or both of them is going to happen eventually. Um, but <laughs> if if I'm, you know, if I'm three and one, even two and two, especially, I'm 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 probably dropping that that last guy at least okay. and, and taking advantage of the schedule because you're sort of in that mode where. You know, you got to make up some ground uh, in order to secure your you know, punch your ticket to the playoffs and give yourself a chance at the title. Yeah.
2: All
0: right. So just for everyone, uh, just to know that you know PB, he's got some street cred uh, in the writers' league. I, I, you waxed me 9-0, right? I think a couple weeks ago, right?
1: <laughs> I wasn't um, gonna bring it up. Man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he beat the shit out of me. Um. So, uh, he's he's sitting two in the writers' league. a uh, record of 96-53-4. Um, Yeah, you know, he (laughs) he beat the shit out of me. Um, So his squad, Mike Conley, Mikel Bridges, Jalen Williams, MPJ, Wendell Carter Jr., Buddy Heald, Joel Embiid, Larry Nance, Dinwiddie, Shea, Devin Booker, Derek White, Chris Boucher, Kawhi, Miles Turner. Yeah, that's that's fucking solid. That's really solid. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, you know, PB knows what he's talking about. Um, he's a you know head to head savant, so uh you'd be well to not only listen to his advice, but you know, I'm, I'm telling you that midweek guidance is like a really good article, you know, in terms of actionable advice. Uh it's probably one of the better ones on Razzball. So um do you wanna go into this team a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. Let me let me bring him up on my phone. Excuse me, listeners. Yeah, yeah. While I, my while bad. I, do this. I, I didn't I mean to
0: to break the... I wasn't
1: prepared uh... to be grilled on my uh... <laughs> So first off, Jalen Williams is is a rookie and he is on my team. Yeah. However, he was acquired I think midseason. After it was pretty obvious that yeah. he was going to be a stud. Yeah, yeah. So he is on there. Um, yeah. So up front, Embiid obviously injury concerns galore, but coming off a, a near MVP season, obviously nobody's topping the Joker these days. But um, he was, he was close as we know. Um, so I, I wanted to start out. I can't remember where I drafted. Probably three or four, if I had to. I guess. Yeah. So I want to start out with a solid big man. Cause that's hard to find. But as you'll see, as I go through the roster, uh, that strategy failed oh, no. in terms of getting big men stats. And I'm, I'm mostly a, uh, I can find Yeah. That.
0: Okay. I got the draft results. So you're, Oh, nice. Yeah. You're yeah. number two. So number two. obviously you see yep. jo- Joker, Joker took Jokic and then you took Embiid. Yep.
1: Okay. So number two, yeah. so I was even more aggressive on Embiid. Yeah. So I think probably pick 21 or 20. Uh, and I would have been 23 most likely. Um, uh, comes back around Booker's on the board, so
2: Booker.
1: wanted to get a couple really good scoring uh, players yeah. uh, in terms of points because we know that those guys don't last long, yeah. and they're, it's a really scarce category <laughs> later on. So I don't typically go the route of even in his heyday, um, I don't typically go the route of a Rudy Gobert in round two or anything like that. As enticing as it is, yeah, yeah. it's fun to have those like massive rebounds, big blocks. Awesome percentages. It's fun to have those big man stats, but um, aside from like a Chris Paul in his heyday, I, I pretty much stay away from those guys. So
0: scoring, you put a big premium on scoring then early on.
1: Yeah, I think big we, premium on scoring. Yeah, I think Joel and I have been talking about that. We've
0: kind of been learning about that, you know, especially Rocco's influence and stuff like that. So yeah, it's good. Good to know. Uh, so okay, so let me ask sure. you here. All right, so you got the scoring, you got the big man. Um, obviously you're not even you're not even thinking about punting at this point, right? Are you? So how are you approaching it? Are you trying to best player available? What categories, like you know, stats, the scoring? Like what's your Yeah, focus?
1: yeah, yeah. So this brings me to point number two. Oh, nice. it's, like, See, it's a single. I We're mean, professionals here. Seriously, people, we did not rehearse this. Number two here is draft with a strategy. I've included a little quote uh, from a man named Dwight D. Eisenhower. Nice. Plans are useless, but planning is essential. No doubt. Right. So this guy planned the invasion of Normandy, uh, largest amphibious landing uh, in history. So he he knows a thing or two about plans. So you got to go in with with a bit of a strategy. And what I mean by that is to get into the in the weeds on it. I usually actually go round by round. And if I know my draft position in advance, I know that's not always the case in a lot of leagues. It's an hour ahead of time. But maybe you do a couple mocks and you kind of figure out, okay, if I'm two, hmm. seven or 11, like the, these are the, yeah. roughly the guys and it takes, it takes a lot of preparation. So yeah. you got to be kind of dedicated to it. Um, but I go, all right, here's who I want, but here's the branches and sequels. If I don't get that guy, then I'm going to go for this guy. I'm going to go for that guy. And, and you kind of build out from there. Nice. And so I'm literally sitting there with a, you know, word document in front of me hmm. uh, on draft night and I'm just going, round by round, okay, this is who I wanted, is he there, no, he's not there, okay, who's next, that guy, you know, I according to sort of, yeah, sort of a a build.
0: So so let um, me ask you, let me ask you, on your Word document, do you kinda have it filtered out, like written out for each type of build, or like, like it's obviously plan master plan and a contingency build here, and then that takes you off to that branch, so you have it all mapped out already?
1: Right, nice. yeah, so what it ends up being typically is, yeah, I, I've heard somebody say it, and if it was you, I apologize. But you can, you can, you can't win based on who you draft in the first two rounds, but you can certainly lose based off who you draft in the first two rounds. Yeah, so wasn't me. you need a good. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> somebody out there, thank you. Yeah. Um, but you need a you need a good cornerstone, yeah. but nobody you pick in the first two rounds is necessarily going to win you the league, uh, unless we're talking like 2016 stuff, career. That's a different level. Right. But there's not many like that, many seasons like that. So you obviously want to get that right. You want to pick guys that have a decent chance of being durable and have performed, you know, past performance indicates they'll be okay. So you want to, you want to start there and get two guys. And in your plan for the first two rounds, you have, again, here's who I want at this position, this draft position. Here's primary who I want secondary, who I want, Mm -hmm. And maybe even tertiary, third, third yeah. you know, guy. Um, and then basically that's going to dictate what you're punting, right? Yeah. So there's some guys that don't have many weaknesses. I would argue AD is, you know, there's not a whole lot of weaknesses when he's really no, popping the, off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Which is um, another matter. But Embiid, you know, you kind of like, okay, I'm going to be low on low on assists initially. I can maybe make that up, but that gets scarce in the later rounds, So I have to be prepared hmm. to just let that one go um uh, or steals for instance this you know those those guard stats um but i know i'm going to be solid on free throws because he's high volume high percentage so that's awesome so i can pair him with a devin booker for instance who's also a great scorer so i knock at least i get myself my foot in the door of that category early on i have awesome free throw percentage um, decent three pointers I'm still in the game on assists at that point. I still, I still have decent rebounding, um, and, and a, a few blocks sprinkle in there for good measure. Again, not worrying about turnovers because it's just yeah. it is what it is. High usage players are going to have turnovers. Yeah. Um. So that, yeah, coming from a first two rounds perspective, that's what I'm looking at. Okay. So you are
0: coming out of there, so you're like, all right, assist. You're a little bit light on assists. So, um, were you? Like how what was your plan in, in terms of addressing it? You were gonna
1: wait or like yeah, yeah or what yeah. was your thinking there? I think of this I think in this draft and this year I was seeing a lot of dudes assist guys go in the mid to late rounds. Like I didn't end up snagging them, but yeah. you know, a Kyle Lowry, for instance, going like in the in the nineties to hundreds, <clears throat> which it hasn't worked out all the way to the end of the season, but it certainly worked out for at least half the season there. He was really good. Um, So I was seeing that happen. A lot of guys getting undervalued in that Mm. echelon. So I was thinking, okay, I can can still make this up. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to go into desperation mode. And therefore, when Kawhi Leonard Leonard is sitting there at 30, I'm like, "Ah, no. No." I mean, that's a lot of
0: risk there, right, with Embiid and Kawhi, right?
1: Yeah. And, and and initially out the gate it was looking real bad for me and in fact I drafted him in my other my the league I play with my buddies mm-hmm. and I ch- ended up trading him uh, very quickly um, I'll talk about trades in a okay. bit uh, but um, I didn't do that in this league fortunately but uh, I wouldn't say I panicked but it was certainly I think what's Ty Lue said something about. He's gonna be game by game the rest of the season. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> that was that was enough for me. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, give me a top eighty guy. and I'm happy. <laughs> right, right, right. So um, yeah. So when you sometimes that situation presents itself, and even though yeah, I might need those you know a scarce, a relatively scarce category in assists, hmm. I could get it a 27 seven and five guy yeah. with steal and a half yeah, yeah. a couple threes and awesome and even bolster my free throw percentage even more awesome you know efficiency from the field as well so that was just too good to resist so no, no you do it. have those yeah and and it didn't work out like i said early yeah, on yeah. but it has now
0: okay so um, hold on sorry let me yeah. let, let me interject yeah. real quick. all right so um you love the scoring base early on i think that's kind of like a common thing that i've been noticing especially around all the top players right you want to build that base but then also i i hear you focusing a lot on your percentages especially free throw so do you usually consciously go into where you want to have good percentages so that what you can buttress uh or give you flexibility later is that like your main thing
1: yeah definitely it can get you in trouble at at spots in a draft when you're if you're over focused it's almost like turnovers but to a much lesser degree where you can get really sucked into that and you can start picking Mikel Bridges in the 30s when you should be waiting until the 50s, you know, because, oh, he's 50 and 80, uh, 50 and 90 splits, you know, uh, 50, 90, 40 in some cases. So uh, you can get yourself into trouble, get sucked into that um, uh, rabbit hole, if you will, and and hurt your chances. So I don't focus too much on it, but especially with these high volume guys, you know, when I see. 51% on 21 attempts from an Embiid, for instance, yeah. or and the, I'm just paraphrasing these stats um, off the top of my head. Or, you know, 90% on nine attempts from a Kawhi. It's uh, from the line. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, yeah it's I, juicy. I can get on. I can get on board with that. It's going to give me an awesome base to go from high volume, high percentage guys uh, early on, and then you worry less about it later yeah. on because you know you got that solid foundation. No doubt.
0: Then yeah. Shea, man, Shea of four. That's uh...
1: <laughs> was it four? Shea, oh man!
0: Oh man, that's awesome. Uh,
1: yeah, I man. I, see, I don't know. Was it? Was it okay? It must have been four, and, and, and then and, Turner five. Yeah, huh?
0: tur- yeah. So end yeah, end of the yeah. fourth, you get Shea, which is yeah. Yahtzee, which and then
1: Turner which, at five. Yeah, yeah, again, it's another. And and he does some of those things that I, some of those shortfalls that I had like assists and steals. Uh, he does those things. Yeah. So it. It was enticing from that regard, but let's be honest, I had no idea yeah. what was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew he had finished last season strong, yeah. so there was some method to the madness there, but sure. I, I could not have predicted what happened this year. So yeah. there, with fantasy, I, I appreciate the accolades you're giving me. There's always an element of luck. No doubt. I think with Shea this year, anybody <laughs> who drafted him in the 40s yeah. or 50s, you, we benefited from that. For sure. So For it, sure. Is, it is a factor. Yep.
0: Nah, man, there's so much, you know, variance. There's so much is at, that's out of our control, right? And luck plays a huge part into it. But at the same time, um, you know, there's a certain base level of skill <clears throat> that you need to kind of put yourself into those lucky positions, right? <laughs> yeah, right, so, exactly. Nah, yeah, so that's good. I mean, the team is right there, top five. That first five pick is, is beautiful. And then you got Mikael Bridges at six, which is, I don't know, man, that's, I don't know how you can get much
1: better. (laughs) Yeah. Mikel, I think he's going to be one of the, one of the winners here at the trade deadline, it appears. Yeah. So again, a little bit of luck, a little, a lot of skill, I hope. Um, but yeah, that, that top five and man from there, I guess Wendell was available, healed MPJ. Who's not really working out that well. Um, but Mm -hmm. at the time I was thinking, here's another scorer that can Mm -hmm. rebound. I was thinking Wendell and, and, uh, Turner will get me kind of low lower rebounds for a big man, but it keeps me competitive. That has not been the case. Rebounds have been basically my punt all year. So, um, you know, sometimes you, you have an intent for, for where those punts are going to come and then it just doesn't happen that way. Um, but, yeah, so so that's sort of my my uh, my strategy that's involved. And let me look through here to make sure I'm not Conley, missing anything. Conley so, at 13, oh, so Conley at 13 yeah, yeah, yeah. is beautiful. 13. Yeah, that's like great. Well, yeah, I was going to bring him up if we get to trades because, I mean, you know, everybody thought, well, surely Sexton's the guy, you know? This is just a matter of time, and it was... <laughs> I think you said on the pod yeah. last week, like, it was all right there in front yeah, of us. Yeah, it like, was. We, gal- we galaxy-brained <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and and that's one of my points here is, like, sometimes you just draft the best performer, yeah. you know, and that that's certainly the, the case with SGA. I did not plan to draft him there um you're just sitting there kawaii too um yeah so so sometimes it breaks down but you gotta do, you gotta do the research up front to know who those guys are yeah where the potential lies so that's you know plug ourselves that's where sites like rasball come into come into uh effect you, you got to know who those guys are so, but um yeah sorry
0: um so you, oh, so you try to stay as balanced as possible as long as you can
1: Right. As long as I can. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I don't want to necessarily go down the punt route unless I'm just kind of out for fun, which I only play three leagues. I only play our writers' league, uh-huh. I play my friends' league, yeah. and then I play uh, Raj Jam. So I play yeah. yeah the so the weekly league. So um, I don't really like want to throw yeah. anything, you know. Yeah. I want to I want to be competitive everywhere and, and not do too much experimentation, if you will. Um, okay. So yeah, stay in balance as long as you can, and then you will pretty quickly find out, okay, this this category is going to be real weak for me. Let's deviate away from that and and go after guys who can bolster the other ones. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I went crazy with my head-to-head leagues this year. Um, I, I tried out a bunch of different strategies, um, you know, super punt big, super punt guard. I went all over the place. And then, yeah, I mean, looking at the results, like I have so many shitty teams this year, both head-to-head and – uh, Roto, um, you know, there are some good teams in there as well, but, you know, more often than not, they're pretty cheap. But the one thing I did learn is, um, yeah, like, it's just, it has to be perfect, I think, if you're going to go super punt, because a lot of times I was going for the 5 4, right? And, you know, what you said earlier, you probably need at least six to feel comfortable, right? And then if you get lucky, seven, right? But, you know, the margin. Uh, margin is just so fine if you're going you know like if I, I went with like a super big punt team with you know giannis right punt free throw all the punt all the guard stats right but you know steel like category like steals are so volatile right so and it's like so hard like if you fuck up one thing you know or one guy gets injured then you're just toast everywhere right so yep. i i do i am beginning to think yeah the balance is definitely um probably a better path i think give you more chances uh the probabilities are, are, are increased uh, so that's probably the way that I'm probably going to kind of uh, approach everything next year. I wanted to ask you, since you are kind of like a head-to-head savant, playing the Raj Jam because it's a different format, you know, that's more roto. Um, how, have you, how have you been enjoying that experience, um, you know, and then kind of comparing the two formats, uh, you know, which one do you prefer?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I do prefer the head-to-head nightly matchup uh, or excuse me, nightly lineup changes uh, to bring myself down a peg. I, I think I had one of the worst performances of any team last year in the rash jam. I think I picked, well, I know I picked, uh, it's not, I think, I know. I picked. I think it was, I think it was Bradley Beal in the first uh, round, uh. maybe at like 10 or something. And then Kyrie at like 15. So this was pre yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyrie's decision to sit out. So um, it was just a massive fail. Yeah. Um, this year it's going a lot better, but no, I do. I do like the more up tempo, if you will, just the, nightly lineup changes streaming you know, you're you're adding guys drop dropping guys because in a jam you don't add or drop anybody yeah. so it's it's really interesting so yeah obviously the draft principles i'm talking about apply tenfold in that in that weekly league because you are just stuck with who you have and i think i went uh pretty i actually went a little bit more liberal in terms of Drafting injured players and stuff at the end of my bench and Raj Jam. Okay. And right now it's not really working out because a, a lot of them are coming back real slow or, or not at all. So um, I was thinking at the time I got this huge roster, I'll just utilize all these guys at some time, and it just hasn't panned out. But it's um, I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread. Yeah, no, I'm you're in the top 15. In, yeah, 13th. Or whatever.
0: Yeah, you're thir- 13th place. I saw you in the top 10 earlier, right? Um, so you kind of sit down a little bit. Yeah. OG,
1: yeah, yeah. OG's killing me. Yeah, OG being out. That's tough. Yeah, yeah yep. um but yeah man he's, you, a, he's an anchor you're uh
0: you're there i mean there's some good teams at yeah, the top yeah. so it might be might be tough to catch them but uh um, i've heard
1: some of those names thrown around to in, in various places so i'm like okay um you know it's it's a it's an honor to be up there with those guys it's cool yeah um, yeah i mean it's crazy but yeah it's
0: crazy go, go 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 yeah
1: yeah yeah um but yeah the the third point i have here kind of applying it to my team mm-hmm. is be ruthless so again not necessarily weeks one and two when you're sort of feeling things out and your players are getting acclimated to maybe new situations or new roles um but after that point again you you got to start winning asap yeah um avoid the sunk cost fallacy <laughs> yeah so big words uh i think you've probably mentioned this a number of times by now but it's basically just if you invested a lot of draft stock in somebody and it's just not working out even if it's you know somebody drafted in the, in the top 70 or whatever just move on yeah. or try to trade them yeah. better yet try to trade them and and shop them around if it doesn't work out move on but you know if it's not working out in the first few weeks it's probably not going to turn around um, or it'll be too late if it does so you know you got to be able to contextualize things. So, why is a player underperforming? Are there other factors at play? Is, is this something that's going to last? Um, is it an anomaly or a trend? You know, th- those kind of things. Again, like the, the dudes that write for Rasball, they're going to be able to help you out with figuring out if, it's, if this is a long-term thing or not. Um, yeah, I'm, I could be pretty conservative in drafts and trades, as I'll, I'll talk about in a minute on okay. trades, but pretty, pretty liberal with like dropping and streaming guys. Um, but I've also like made some pretty big mistakes in terms of dropping guys prematurely. I think we all have, you just kind of got to accept that as, as part of the game. I would say more often than not, the aggressiveness is, has served me well rather than hurt me. Yeah. But I remember dropping, you know, an auto Porter again, to mention him, I think in 2017 or whatever, we had one of his big breakout seasons as a uh, Roto darling. Uh, I think I dropped him, you know, and a few, after a few weeks, and lived to regret it, but that that's. More often than not not the case
0: let let me get your take on this and I've heard this from a lot of top players not just for hoops but like especially baseball and like you know other fantasy players but basically they say that uh if you don't think about or regret some moves or trades that happen then you're just not doing it enough um and I guess they're thinking is like um you know the only way to kind of you know hit the jackpot or to improve your team. Like, you have to drop and add guys. You got to take a shot. And they're not all, right. they're not always going to work out, right, in trades too. So, uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on that. Because I feel like, yeah, some people, maybe that fear inhibits them, right, from making a move that could eventually, you know, give them a chance to kind of, you know, get better.
1: Well, the flip side of what I t- talked about earlier about dropping some guy, some guy too soon is not adding them at all, which is what you're alluding yeah. to. And it's like I've – just this season, I can think of a time, I have Jalen Williams in our league, but probably week eight or nine, whenever it was, he really started turning in the corner uh, in my, the league I play with my buddies. He got scooped up, you know, I was and I was telling myself, oh, it's just just a couple more days, but I really want to <laughs> focus on this weekend, like securing this victory. And, of course, I probably, yeah, I think I did easily win and, you know, or to where I didn't need whoever I streamed did, but I could have really used Jalen Williams right about now um going into the playoffs you know so absolutely there's probably five times as many mistakes i've made from being too passive rather than Hmm. uh overly aggressive and getting rid of somebody prematurely okay Um, so i would i would definitely yeah play play more aggressively if your move count is real low i know they do like move counts on yahoo and stuff if you click on your team uh and if your move counts you know in the bottom half of of your league unless you drafted like a like a work of art, then you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah,
0: no, I hear you. Uh, I I just thought of something um, right now. So earlier you were saying kind of how you map out, you know, pre-draft, right? You map out kind of your main plan and your contingencies and stuff like that. So uh, are you going to, so each site that you're playing on, because they all have, you know, the different draft rooms and ADP, so you're using each particular kind of, you know, draft ADP draft room? And then do, doing it from there or is there one adp site or you know thing that you service that you kind of go through to kind of map good it question I,
1: I think now. it's i think it's usually I, I play well i play on yahoo fan tracks uh-huh. and then i play Raj Jam. so i play on different formats yeah. so i think it's just whatever site the site um, okay. and i just kind of depend on that to be generally correct now, mind you, if I'm playing with the writer's league, I know that you guys are going to be coming in with like your own plan yeah. and you're going to be more, you know, let's, let's face it, probably a little more savvy thinking a little more deeply than the average Joe. So I know those ADPs are, are going to be a little bit skewed one way or the other, um, to, uh, compared to reality. So, but yeah, usually I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, I keep it pretty mainline in terms of just going, uh, off the site that I'm, that I'm already on and, uh, using that as a, as a stake. But that's a good question. Um, Yeah, knowing your format, knowing the ADP is out there. That's that's obviously massive and something I kind of glossed over. But uh, yeah, yeah, my other my final thing number five because we already talked about knowing the schedule. Yeah. Which yeah, not to beat that dead horse too much, but you got to go into every week with a little bit of awareness of, you know, like you said, if there's a five game week out there, you have to be targeting that team like very aggressively before the week even starts. If you got player additions left over on Sunday you're using them to grab the Spurs or the Raptors who both had five game weeks this year. You're you're grabbing two Spurs or one Raptor or whatever you got left. Um, Cool. So yeah, my last thing that I worked up here was, would be trade sparingly and with a purpose. Hmm. So we see you and I see a lot of trade suggestions and questions um, posed to us. And a lot of times it looked like, looks like uh, not necessarily the, the guys that are, that are writing us, it, they're not usually the ones proposing the trade. They're getting it proposed yeah. to them, and a lot of times it's like sweetheart deals yeah. for for the person writing us. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of times it just comes out of boredom, which I think people I do think get. So. they get bored yeah. and they get enamored with these scenarios and stuff. Um, but you know, if you want to be serious and you want to you want to win, you got to address your weaknesses with trades and offload like excess strength. So if you're just crushing it, and you know, I guess I, I think my team's pretty good at threes. Uh, and points, obviously. So, points are hard to part with because, as we know, if you lose one or two guys, that's a scarce category and it's hard to make it up on the wire. Yeah. But, like a threes, for instance, is very much, very easy to sure. find on the wire. So, if <laughs> I, I can find somebody who needs needs those, that's what I'm going to go for. And I'm not necessarily looking to make blockbuster trades. Like, unless you're in a desperate situation, um, uh, I've, I've, I'm always looking to just add a role player, you know, maybe a, a ninth through 11th best player on my roster and just address address the strength or weakness selling high buying low. It's all good. I will say this, like I'm a bit wary of, of sell highs a lot of times, particularly because when you're playing with dudes year after year or do debts year after year, like you don't want to, you don't want to have a reputation as like a bad faith actor, you know? (laughs) So you don't want to go in there just trying to swindle people because even (laughs) if you make an offer, that, that goes through and is accepted if they, if they quickly realize, like, oh, he just traded me. I'm thinking, like, back two or three years. But he just traded me Enes Cantor who's filling in for Yusuf Nurkic. But, oh, oh, he's only out for, like, two more weeks. And then Yusuf Nurkic comes back, yeah. and I just gave up whoever. Yeah. You know, once they realize that, like, they're probably going to be very wary of trading with you ever again <laughs> if you're going to be consistently playing in that league with those people. Yeah, yeah. So the first time you swindle them might also be the last time right. and the last time you trade with them period. Um, so make sure there's something in it for them and really make sure you explain that to them. Cause that's what that little, you know, message description sort of field is for in these sites where you could put in, Hey, I know you're giving up this, this and this, but you're going to get this, you know, in okay. return. And I can see that your team needs it. And if, if you're respected in that league, um, which, you know, most of the Razzball people are going to be respected in whatever league they're in. People are going to listen to you and be like, yeah, he probably he probably knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, don't get don't trade out of boredom. Yeah, that's the main
0: thing. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- you know, those are good good points. Uh, I especially like the kind of like talking it out, you know, writing in the message because I like, guess it's a difficult one. Right. Because a lot of times um, when people try to sell me on a trade, I fucking automatically tune them out.
2: <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think that goes back to reputation right? Because right in the past, right? Like, you know, they're kind of like, not shady, but you know, they're just trying to, that's just the way they operate, right? So then yep. a- anything else that comes in, yeah, antennas automatically go up. But, you know, if you approach it the right way, you know, just be like, hey, I got this, I whatever, I have excess this. And, um, you know, I'm looking for this, and, you know, I think it'll help you, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a good way to do it, especially because Uh, a lot of times like we don't know these other people and all you have is that little trade right message like you you can't text somebody or you you can't call them or something like that so I do think that's a pretty uh pretty good thing you just got to be pretty conscious on uh how you write it and what you write and like you said I think the reputation part is is really good um because I think a lot of people they approach it as we'll go back to the Enos Canner situation right they'll approach it as like hey man the information is out there right like it's their fucking fault right
2: yep, but yep.
0: and so like i i get that perspective too right but but you're right though because if you're going to keep bringing these type of situations then people are going to be like like what am i missing right and the, the search right yep. so I, yeah. I i think that's a really good point um a reputation is huge yeah for sure uh if you're Absolutely. You know, if you're respected you know people will be more willing to kind of uh hear and, and listen so yeah that's good stuff man i love it
1: well, there's, there's guys that, you know, if you play with the league of people, you know, uh, which I know you're referencing people you don't necessarily know, but there's guys that you know, will never be traded with because they've just <laughs> completely blown it, yeah. you know, and they've, they've tried to be that guy who used car salesman and, and people see right through it, yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, they'll never have another trade opportunity posed to them or, or they'll never be able to make one without somebody looking at them sideways. So yeah, don't, don't want to be that guy. How how, how do you, how do you
0: approach the used car salesman? You take the high road Um, or, you know, or do you kind of give it back?
1: (laughs) You know, I usually (laughs) just throw tomatoes. Yeah. I I typically, you know, if there's something of value in there, uh, as in like maybe it's a multiplayer trade and like, well, actually one of my guys for that guy on the other side would actually work. Mm. And maybe I'll counter offer for that. So, i'm not going to necessarily um shut them down based on reputation alone obviously you want to have trust in your abilities sure. and to be able to see through what what makes sense and what doesn't so pretty confident in that regard and yeah. you know uh yeah but but yeah you, you do put a different spin like it does put a different spin <laughs> on things when it comes from a certain owner for sure They're like oh, okay what's the yeah, angle yeah. here whatever yeah i better dig <laughs> extra deep into this yeah do yeah.
0: you uh do you counter every trade or no
1: not every trade. Okay. No, there, there've been some that I accepted outright. Um, but typically, you know, we're just, it's just human nature. You're, you're going to want to come out on top of a trade. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, even in category where it can be, this guy's good in these three categories and that guy's good in a completely different three, three categories. There's still three other categories there. And you're looking at those going well, but I mean, I know I pick up those three, but like, what about those excess three categories? What you know, what am I getting there, or what am I losing? So there's always going to be an element of doubt, and uh, I think, yeah, we we always kind of we pose our trades in a way that's going to give us a, what we think is going to be a slight edge. Like it's hardly ever uh, an instance where you're going to get completely even. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's you know, I I mean, I I personally think mutually beneficial trades are the best trades, and I try to do it, but I know. Like a lot of times, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, yo, I want more. Or um, yeah, you, you think
1: know. you, you know, your perception is such where you think I'm gonna win this trade, oh, yeah. but maybe that's not reality. You know, maybe that's just whatever your your bias at work. So, um, so it doesn't always work. Even if you think you're 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 coming out on top, you might not be. So just yeah, that's what's so fun about category leagues. Again, there's it's a puzzle. You know. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. So so why yeah. why the disdain for keeper leagues
1: and dynasty leagues? It's not a disdain. I, well, did, did I say disdain for? The, I would. not come on, that's fun. It's the points leagues. The points leagues. Come on, points leagues. People, yeah. get in the category. No, I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of points leagues. Yeah. So no, they're a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Uh, points leagues. Um, but no, I. I don't hate them. Uh, keepers and dynasties, but it's just I just like starting over every week, every uh, okay. year. I should say. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just sense. more fun. Um. But yeah. As I, I, joked, I'm afraid of commitment, but I really, there's a lot of pressure <laughs> to like commit to for a couple of guys. It is. I see it every, you know, every time somebody sends me a question about a keeper league, I'm like, oh, wrong guy to ask, son. <laughs> yeah, Connor, Joel, somebody help me. Uh, yeah, because uh, it's just not my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, but I, I like to think that I still give decent advice. It's just, man, I mean, you're, you're asking me about. I just had a question a few weeks ago about Jalen Dern and or, yeah Dern and, and Williams and I'm like ah dude completely different like skill <laughs> yeah. sets like yeah. different paths and, and man I don't know um and, and of course the response I got was like really him I'm like I don't know man they're rookies <laughs> like yeah him yeah go for it <laughs> so it, it's a lot of pressure man it's a lot of pressure <laughs> yeah you're in the hot seat but man. yeah but you know yeah yeah
0: it's good preparations when you get onto Capitol Hill um you know so like uh answering cover man yeah answering the uh the raz for hey so by the way i apologize man uh, i should have introduced you as a
1: pb so i apologize oh it's uh, okay that's hey it's out there now so <laughs> my opinions are my own everyone. My opinions are my own uh, don't represent anybody no, uh, awesome. no, how about these trades man so i am i going to be stealing thunder no. Out here, they say in the uk it. they say i'm gonna steal your sandwiches, sandwiches? Isn't that weird? That is not that weird yeah i say instead of steal yeah. but i think stealing your thunder is equally weird if you really think about it if you, about if you, it, you think basically... about it logically yes but it sounds good so that's all that matters <laughs> it does right? sound good yeah. it's like do i want to be like a subway <laughs> worker or like thor exactly. you know, stealing people's exactly. thunder? yeah man um, so go for it but yeah yeah so um uh, i'm trying to think around so we got the Kyrie irving trade yeah which i know y'all had mixed feelings on I'm I'm pretty happy for him man I I think uh it's a good landing spot Mm. um Texas values uh personal liberty a little bit more than New York so I'm I'm a fan of that so (laughs) but yeah I think I think he I'm actually surprised it took this long for him to um I think he probably there were probably some discussions that took place in the offseason about requesting trade um but yeah not notwithstanding what's going on this year that's not really what I'm what I'm on about. It's more just what went on in 2021, 22 with the, with the mandates that he didn't comply with. Yeah. You know, I, if we'd like put ourselves back in that situation and I'm going to come off as a, a partial uh, Kyrie apologist if I'm allowed to here, yeah, but uh, for- there's not many, not, not many of us yeah. out here. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when he was told, get it or else you don't play in New York, at least, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pandemic had been declared 19 months prior, you know, as I wrote in my column last year, like the, none of the players had succumbed to it. Coaches, none of them had succumbed to it. So like they've shown like a lot of resilience against the virus and no real complications either other than maybe being ill for a couple weeks and then coming back and being winded for a couple more weeks. I mean, that, that stuff is real. But, you know, you know the vaccine rollout had taken taken place earlier that year and it had been in effect for a while. But there were a lot of breakthrough infections occurring, you know. So like players were getting sick, and if you remember all the postponements, like it feels like a million years ago. Um, but I think you know, we kind of know now. Like, it, there's been some congressional testimony that bears this out yeah. from from folks from the pharmaceutical industry. And I hope we're, are we sponsored by Pfizer? I hope not.
0: Yeah, we, we had one sponsor, <laughs> and then they we got they got rid of us. So yeah, yeah, we're we're <laughs> not on that tip.
1: <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna. Make sure that (laughs) Pfizer's never going to want to sponsor us. uh, No, but, you know, they said, like, we never actually tested that for transmissibility. So, you know, all these things you you look back on and you're like, man, there's this huge pressure campaign because you had New York's government kind of claiming, you know, the opposite of that. Like, look, like, even if it's you're not worried about yourself, Kyrie, like, what about everybody else? And I think he was probably looking around like, well, I mean, everybody's still getting sick. And there's not there's not any data out there on on mid to long term effects. And, you know, like Forbes, I was looking this up earlier. So I was like, man, when did that really take effect where it was like, okay no kidding. Kyrie Irving is sitting out because it had to be really soon or really uh, late in the game. Because, like I said, I drafted him in our league and everything ready to go. It was like 14 October is when he kind of said like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And uh, Forbes ran a piece on him and these quotes that he, that he, uh, stated at the time. So nefarious things like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like the fact that Americans are losing their jobs over this, you know? So it kind of showed like he got painted in a certain way, but it kind of showed, um, that he was representing a segment of the population. that was pretty, I think in a lot of ways, afraid to speak for themselves, you know? Um, because again, huge pressure campaign. There's a lot of people who for whatever reason, maybe it's relationships. They didn't want to strain or, or career ambitions, even in their own fields that they didn't want to uh, compromise. They kind of kept quiet and maybe went along to get along. And I think a lot of NBA players too, probably did the same because Kyrie sitting here with huge status, a lot of bucks. He wasn't missing any meals at that point and never will. And, and there was never going to be in danger of being poor um, from that point forward. So he had kind of made his money, but a lot of guys, you know, were not in that boat. So they're, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get a career established. So, I kind of felt like he was speaking up for those guys. Yeah. And, um, you know, these guys are told, like, don't heed the stuff that people say, like, shut up and dribble. Don't heed that. Just say say your piece, speak out on social issues and whatever. But when it came to this thing, it was like, nah, like, this guy's evil. Yeah. Uh, we're going to paint him with this brush where he'll be stigmatized for the rest of his career. Because I think a lot of what's going on this season, again, not talking about necessarily what he's uh, tweeted out, but, like, it's I think a lot of it's residual from last year you know, uh, and, you know, folks will say, like, well, he gave up on his team and stuff, but it's like his teammates were supportive, you know, for the most part, at least publicly, and, and you know, maybe they were, were saying something else behind his back, but, um, but, you know, what's been interesting to see is, you know, the results speak for themselves in a way, because he was voted number one among fans for the All-Star game in the East, among Eastern guards, and then uh, players, too, so it kind of shows, and that's that's off the back of his ability first and foremost. You pointed out talent wins out. Like the dude is amazing uh, as a basketball player first and foremost. He hit one of the biggest shots in finals history. So you know you can't. He, he's earned his stripes as a player. So I think everybody looks at that first. And I'm not trying to diminish that at all. His uh, on court accomplishments. But I think they they're probably looking at what he did off the court uh As well as sort of like a positive in his it, for a lot of people, and they're, you know these, again these are people that are not necessarily in a position where they feel they can say that, but I for one uh for what's worth again, I'd probably take some heat, but uh, I'm grateful for the stance he took um you know he he gave up a lot, I think he was like fifteen million or something um uh, to do that, you know took was locked out of his practice facility and stuff I mean, it's just kind of like man, the things you look back on now are like, man, I can't believe we actually did that as a society. But he's, I think he's been vindicated already. Um, if not already, then he will be vindicated. Um, but yeah, last thing I'll say, because this, this is turning into a long monologue.
2: Oh, I love it,
1: is I would love to be a fly on the wall of like an NBA marketing executive's meeting if the Mavs win the championship. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, who can we, uh, who can we highlight? <laughs> uh, Luca, 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 Luca. Right. Um. Yeah, Christian Wood, <laughs> Dwight Powell, Reggie Bullock. Who else? Right. Are we missing anybody? <laughs> oh yeah, Kyrie is twenty-seven, seven seven on averages. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, he's he's in a good spot. Um, I will step off my soapbox now. I think the winners in the trade, Josh Green, Dwight Powell. Um, Powell is already kind of on the upswing because he was. He's kind of supplanted Wood there, cause, but now it's sort of like taking root because Wood's defense is so bad yeah, that kid, they're kid, they're looking at now. Yeah, kid hates him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it works out great because Kyrie's going to come in and be able to score and make up for the the lack of scoring. Uh, the person I'm not sure on is Reggie Bullock. You know, I highlighted him in the column, but yeah, uh, you know, he's been red hot the last four games, like top forty. Uh, I I wrote that he's a reliable three and D guy, but. Uh, a couple of years that was a couple of years ago, you know, last time he was reliable. So we'll see about him. Yeah, big loser appears to be Christian Wood there. Um so yeah, but we'll see what happens there. I know you guys already talked that trade. Um but yeah.
0: No uh, man Yeah, no I want to no I love I love it, man cause, uh you know, that's the beauty of, you know, this country. I I mean I know you're in Britain, right? But you know, you are from the States and um know it's not a perfect country it's not a perfect society right there's a lot of bad things about it but you know one of the good things about it is like uh you know you can speak your mind you can speak your perspective everybody has a different perspective right and um you know it kind of like what i was highlighting last week was that um you know sometimes like social media or when something like the train starts moving right uh it's like it becomes a force of extraordinary magnitude it takes on a life of its own and i think the thing about what's crazy about this country is like you know we're so easily influenced because i think a lot of people are lazy like they don't want to put in the work to try to understand things right so they get spoon-fed information and so there's certain institutions or powers that be that know that and take advantage of that right like you know, there's a reason why advertising is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry. You know, TV. If you look at TV, it's you know, it's free for a reason. You know, obviously now, now, but there's other stuff. But you know, certain certain pockets of or mediums of information, right? It's um. I mean, it's not pure. There's motivations, right, for everybody. Oh come on, you know? <laughs> right? So um, you know, there's there's always agendas, right? And there there's always things, and so sometimes, uh. You know, narratives are always painted, right? Even on the local news, it's it's narratives, right? Certain nav- narratives are painted. Pretty... And so, like, you know, taking Kyrie, for example, I mean, there's a lot of, like, snippets and, uh, and audio pieces or even written quotes where, like, if you really think, it's like, dude, the guy's a pretty fucking thoughtful guy and, like, he says some real shit but that's not the stuff that is out there or that gets, you know, fed out there. Like we just get the fat flat earth stuff and all that stuff. But I mean, there's a lot of really good shit there too. Right. And just, it's just that, you know, it's just yeah. no, not transmitted to public and people are not able to read it and see it, but you know um, and so, you know, narratives and, and just like, yeah, like, you know, like the whole vaccine thing, like, I mean, man, like it was a lot of vitriol on both sides, right? Like people were taking, sure. taking yeah, stands and, and planting flags and yeah. things like that. And, and I think that was kind of done on purpose. Right. But, you know, as you said, like time exposes all things. Right. And, um, you know, and, and I kind of uh, like relating it to fantasy, like, you know, this is why I never veto a trade because you know like there's sometimes these trade scenarios and people fucking go up in arms this is fucking bullshit right this guy's winning this is yeah, terrible yeah, yeah. trade and then later it turns out you know it was actually a really good trade for the the one that everyone was dissing right, on right right so yep. you just don't know right and you know yeah, like so yeah i mean it's kind of like the exact same thing right and so um you know i'm really glad that you kind of um you know highlight that and, and went into that you know it's uh you know not only is it you know kind of your perspective but uh you know it's something that is not the the common view common perspective and i think it's it's always good to you know hear and understand all sides right like that's the best Definitely, way yeah you can come to the best understanding of something so uh yeah no so i'm really glad that you uh, uh you went into that i mean i mean we could I might have to bring you on, man. I I think we need to put tinfoil hats because I got a lot of shit under the tinfoil hats, and we just start going off on all sorts of different shit.
1: (laughs) Well, listeners, if you never hear from me again, you know I've been axed from the site. So son's just putting you on right now. No, I mean I I think to your point, your first point is just you know what kind of country do I want to live in, right? Do I want to live in a a place, a state of New York, for instance? You could put it at the state level, like where. My access to a lot of public facilities, other amenities, so on and so forth, is contingent upon me taking a, a medical treatment that the government said I need to take. Even in a declared emergency, it's just—is that the kind of place you want to be? And I think if we all step back and kind of look at the situation, maybe I don't—I don't claim to know what was going on in Kyrie's mind because I know there's some wacky stuff. But you know, hopefully, I've laid out like there's a few things that he might have been thinking about uh, at the time, and I think maybe that at the root was that's not the one that society I want to live in is the place where I've got sort a of force to do these things. So, um, yeah, man. Um, no, happy, happy to, to speak my mind. And since, yeah, we don't have any sponsors. I haven't uh, lost any of them.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's only like five people that listen to us anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right?
2: Um,
0: but that's right. nah, Matt, that's right. this was awesome. Um, you know, I'm glad, uh, you know, to hear your, you know, your stuff, your perspective, your thoughts, you know, you like, uh, you know, give you a platform, so it was really awesome to do that, it's, uh, you know, like I said, like, we all write on the site, and we all have our pieces, but uh, to kind of get to know every writer, um, you know, their journey, their their thoughts, perspectives, I think it just, you know, bridges a certain connection, it just, you know, I guess humanizes everything, and uh, it's awesome, to me it's awesome, so I, I, I fucking yeah, love it. Yeah, so, definitely, man,
1: you know, I, as far as, like, differing perspective, it's like, yeah, this is stuff that it doesn't need to be partisan guys you know again we can we can talk it out and uh you know I, I do appreciate that yeah people got different perspectives like you said and it's always like interesting to read because we can get in our in our little uh uh stovepipes you know and and only look at certain things um but you know having writers on the site that believe completely different things from me is is it refines me you know it makes me it challenges me to to be better or or think through or maybe even change what i you know what i think so yeah no, definitely, but uh definitely. at the end of the day man it's fancy basketball so <laughs> you keep it light it's fun no yeah, doubt, no, so doubt. All good. no
0: i'm uh you know great to thanks for taking the time i know it's night out there for for joining me um i'm uh you know all off season i'm just gonna prep and i'm gonna be like fucking rocky you're my drago and um, I have to get you back for the 9-0 beatdown uh, you, you gave me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's going to be my motivation, yep. man. I'm just going to just... <laughs> <laughs> so, now, nah, good luck. Good luck with all your leagues. Um, like I said, everyone, uh, read uh, PB's article, Midweek Guidance. I think it's really great, especially if you play head-to-head leagues. And, uh, yeah, no, maybe we'll, we'll uh, get you on again, uh, maybe after the season goes, and then we'll kind of talk about everything then.
1: Appreciate that, man. Right. It's been fun. Stay safe
0: out there. Uh, don't shoot down All too right, many dude.
2: booms or anything like that. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> See
1: you later, cool, man. man. Take care. Later.
2: Bye.